With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting some China food. <laughs> some food. China food. He likes yeah. China food. It's his favorite kind of food. All right, welcome everybody, and thanks for tuning in or downloading and listening to this uh, Healthy Packer podcast, the final one for the 2015-2016 season as our beloved pack fell to the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Divisional Playoff game in overtime, 26-20, to um, a game short of the NFC Championship, two games short of the Super Bowl. Finishing up with a final record of eleven and seven, and uh, we got I'm Matt, and there's Ty over there, hey, in a well lit room, and Mark's in a box with a chair. Go <laughs> upgrades, <laughs> playoff upgrade. Yeah, yeah, way to go, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, guys, this was uh, this is a wacky, crazy game that I couldn't really bring myself to watch twice. I watched the highlights. A number of times, but I normally I sit down, kind of watch the game again. And I couldn't bring myself to do that. It was a little bit of a heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. It it is so such a shame that everybody talked about how it was a game for the ages because it's a game I'd like to forget. It's like the last Cardinal game. They said the same thing when they set the record for most points in a game, mm-hmm. like fifty-two to forty-five or whatever. And we lost in overtime, and everyone's like, "Greatest playoff game ever." I'm like, oh, "I'd rather not." Super Bowl 32, same thing with John Elway doing the stupid spin. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, that was a great game. I'm like, I I hate that game. And it's just yeah. so frustrating because now you got to wait a whole other year. And meanwhile, Tom Brady and the Luck Patrol marches on through the AFC playoffs again. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's frustrating to see when you start thinking about legacies and stuff like that. Um, I'm not upset too be- too much about the fact, like when you look at the season, you step back, you take a look at it, made it to the playoffs, didn't win the division, made it to the playoffs, won a playoff game on the road, played um, the number two overall seed on the road, played them super tough, especially considering if you looked at like the receivers that should have been our leading receivers before the season started, we were out... Nelson Cobb got hurt in the first quarter of this game and was banged up for the first half of the season, if you remember. Ty mm-hmm. Montgomery looked good for like three games and got hurt for the season. Devontae Adams was hurt for most of the season and out for this game. Those are our, our top four targets all out. So Richard Rodgers stepped up a little bit, and finally in this game, Aaron Rodgers had no choice but to throw to Aberderis and... Janice. But and guess what? what? They made some wonderful contested catches. Yeah. Looks like Janice knows how to receive the ball 
looks like he knows mm-hmm. how to fight for the ball. Um, I gotta say though, for all of the flack that Rodgers took during the season for taking sacks and for not throwing to people, for me, he erased a million percent of that with the two consecutive hail marys in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, because I mean, nobody else, n- nobody in the league can do that, let alone twice on the same drive. Yeah. The, the, especially the last throw. That was more amazing to me than the one in Detroit. I thought that yeah. the first one, th- there's a screen cap I saw, and it's him because we got backed up to, like, the four-yard line or something. But we were, like, on the four-yard line. And yeah. he, it was fourth and 20, and he rolled out to his left, his the weak side if you're a right-hander, and threw the thing on a line like 65 yards online because he threw it from in the end zone. And there's a screen cap, Packers down by seven, 50 seconds left, fourth and 20, and he's standing in his end zone with like three Cardinals that are all running towards him. And he just, he that thing was pinpoint on Janice, like it was a 10 or 20 yard out. It was just zing, and it was 60 yards. It was all the way on the other end of the field that was caught, on the other at, you know side of the field. So mm. that that throw to me was amazing. And then the last one, like, I just don't know how he gets it there. And he admits, like, I kind of didn't really know where anyone was. I just sort of chucked it up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it was amazing. And for all, I mean, we've watched Favre. I mean, every game for God, decades, I don't remember two throws over the last 25 years that were better than those. Yeah, those, yeah. Throw, those throws were amazing. A lot of Favre throws, he was kind he wasn't really looking downfield when he threw it that hard. He was sort of looking at his shoe tops <laughs> and then some, mm-hmm. then the wrong team caught it. <laughs> but mm. he had plenty that he just threw way downfield. It's just, they weren't right on the money like that. But the fact that it came down to that, we were leading 13, 10 heading into the fourth quarter and our defense was playing well. We got Carson Palmer to throw a red zone interception. Um, our defense was actually, or our offense was actually completing some passes, even though everyone was banged up. Um, and you know, we're we were winning in the fourth quarter again. It's just kind of depressing to not finish, well, um, especially when they scored their last touchdown on that uh, re- I, ridiculous. I, oh my god! The re- I mean, we stopped them. We really did. But then it banks off of Demarius Randall's arm mm-hmm. into the hands of the guy that Sam Shields let loose. Yeah, to go after the ball. Just it's unbelievable how that happened. Nine times out of ten, that's an incompletion or an interception. More than that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it was covered. It was covered. and uh, it, was play, it was executed perfectly by the defense. It really was. I don't know if Shields is supposed to let his guy loose as he turns in there. but It was nice he, having him back, though. I mean, yeah, that made a big difference on the back end. Palmer ended up having over 300 yards passing, more than Rodgers. But um, what well, did that count and do with the overtime throw to Fitzgerald? Of course, yeah. yeah but it also I mean, counted the two bombs. Yeah, that uh, that's true. That our guy threw. So, um, so yeah, I, I should I had it in front of here, and then I pulled up a um, an article on five thirty eight called um, "How NFL Coaches Are Getting Away with Crimes Against Middle School Math." And it goes into depth about why we should have gone for two. Should have gone for two. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. And then I thought about it a little bit more later 
and then McCarthy actually addressed it because when you're just thinking about it and like, well, duh, do you want to have to go into overtime? Cause the extra point is anything but a gimme, even with Mason Crosby, it's 33 yards. Yes. exactly. And if he misses it, you lose. Um, so do you want to take your chances from the two yard line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, if you've got Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderis and who else, James Jones, I but, guess, but here's who have probably th- never run that play. Yeah, but here's the thing is, being without those guys, being weaker, actually reduces your chances of winning in overtime. Unless you're talking about scoring on defense or something like that. Well, that's Cause, true. Because we're not going to be able to move the ball as easily over a sustained period of time. So here's the actual numbers. Um, first, they looked at the overall numbers, but then they substituted the numbers to get a little more precise for, like, estimated team strengths and, like, the, the individual teams in this case. So... The two-point conversion success rate adjusted for team strength um, is 48.8%. So you have it's 50, it's almost 50-50. We win if we go for two. Now, the other way to win, if you if you opt not to do the two-point conversion, is you have to do two things. You have to make the extra point, which Mason Crosby is really good at him, but it's still 95.9%, so it's 96%. Then you have to um, win in overtime. And adjusting for changes and the stupid playoff rules, the estimate of the Packers winning overtime was 42.6% for, you know, road teams with this particular set of, you know, statistics, blah, 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 blah. So you actually have to fade both the 95.9% and the 42.6% to win. So that brings the overall adjusted going for two is 48.8% of the time you win and going to overtime is 40% of the time you win. And it's not, I mean, and that's just multiplication and division. Like, there's not, like, advanced statistics or anything like that. So um, I didn't really care at the time, except as he was kicking it, I'm like, God, I forgot that the stupid extra points are so far. Like, you know, like, you're so excited about the Hail Mary, and then all of a sudden he's going to have to kick this long thing, and you're like, why, are we, why don't we just give it a shot? I mean, and we do have some big bodies who can catch the ball. I mean, Janice just made two amazing plays fighting for the ball and Richard Rogers has shown that he can be a red zone presence. Um, or you could do something where you throw it to, you know, Starks or, or, or Lacey out of the backfield or just roll Aaron Rodgers out and let him have like an option play where he can throw run option. So it anyway. sure seems like they should have been able to figure it out. I would have, it's, it's easy to say, you know, being on this side of history, uh, that you would have rather seen them go for two. But at the time, I would rather see them lose going for two than lose the way we did, yeah. personally. Yeah, uh, without I, touching the ball and watching. I mean, how helpless is it just watching Larry Fitzgerald run down the sideline? It's just like, oh, oh, here, there he goes. I mean, once they get to the five-yard line, like even our own defense must be like, you know, like what's the, what's the point? Like, you know I mean? It just must be so defeating after giving up that. So... McCarthy said that he had he had faith in our defense, which I, I that's the best rationale I can come up with. But you still have to score somehow, and um, we were kind of running out of fumes on offense. And if you have one shot from the two yard line to win the game on the road, well, that's the way I look at it too. I mean, better team, you know. A, yeah, a, if you get to overtime, you're hoping for a situation like that where you're I, on the two yard line trying to win, and you're you can just take that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> so anyway, that, yeah. So, so I, 
that's my thought on that. Is I, the, 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 I, I think NFL coaches get away with way too much conservative play calling because it's just the way it's been. You know, plenty of times when they should be going for it on fourth down, which is a little murkier. But this two-point play nonsense. I talked about it on an earlier podcast earlier this year when it looked like the Steelers were actually approaching it the right way where they were going for two more frequently because the success rate is near near to 50% and there's a decreased success rate on the long field go- or long extra points now. It seems like it, it you know it, you're closer to like it being a coin flip whether or not you go for two or not. But then as the season wore on more and more people went for one even though they're being missed left and right. So um, yeah, okay, so Back to the beginning of the game. Um, the first half was pretty, pretty boring, with the exception of a play that ended up not happening when Patrick Peterson picked off the ball at the goal line and ran 100 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> and it was nullified on some weird... illegal hands to the face or something. Yeah, which, but then there was also someone. A, there's a Packer holding that didn't get called, and you know. They declined the celebration penalty because it didn't matter because it got negated because of the hands to the face. But the Packers had back-to-back 17 play drives in the first half. Terrible field position all day too. Mm-hmm. And the first, the only re- I mean, and you can if you want to play things and you know everyone else focused on the end of the game. It's easy to talk about the decisions then, but I mean, I, even when we were texting, you know, we didn't go anywhere on our first drive and punted it and. Of course, Mass Day had a shitty punt, so the Cards get their second drive. They get to start on our 42-yard line. That's just like, I mean, holy shit, you're on the road against one of the best teams in the league. Like, why even bother punting if you're going to give it to them on our 45-yard or 42-yard line? It, you know, and then they went down and scored a touchdown right away. And so we're down 7 nothing, or down, yeah, down 7 nothing. boom. It's just, he, he's horrible. Like, I understand the angling of the punting and covering and you want the coverage to match the punt and everything, but you need to be able to boom one and flip field position occasionally, and he's done that not at all this season. There was Mm -hmm. one punt I remember, and it was only because the guy elected not to field it, and it started spinning end over end that went for like 60 yards, I think against the Vikings in the first game against the Vikings. And that was the only time that he's really flipped field position or done anything like that. Otherwise, it's just like... I mean, they get to start on our 42-yard line. That's, I mean, what are you supposed to do, you know? And you're the defense, and you run out there, and you're, you can't. Uh, it's, it's horrible. Anyway, we got the ball back, went 17 plays, 85 yards, only got a field goal. Thankfully, the Peterson touchdown was an all-five. Then we got the ball. Then they went three and out, I think, and then we got the ball back. Another 17-play drive, 71 yards. I mean, a, two 17-yard plays, or 17-play drives. That's in. That's a long drive. And to do it twice in the first half, that's just, you know, had a game plan. It might have been dink and dunk, but it was working. It looked great. <laughs> Except it did. Like, I mean, what was the score at halftime, Matt? 7-6. 7-6. Yeah, I mean, who predicted that? Yeah, I mean, I was, it was, you know, it it wasn't boring to us. It might have been boring to some other people to watch, but I think every Packer fan was happy being down a point, um, you know, down a point at halftime. I thought our defense looked just spectacular, especially given the field position that they were dealt. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
early on. They look great. I think Joe Thomas made a couple of bonehead plays in the second half. Um, and there were some, obviously, the blown coverage in overtime. But overall, I mean, can't really complain about anything that happened defensively, really, or offensively. I mean, the game really should have swung the other way with missed opportunities. And I feel like we only let Arizona back in it because of some mental gaffes and some stupid luck. Uh Um, You know, there's the bad luck on the touchdown and I'm going to call it bad luck on two of those interceptions that Sam Shields should have had, especially the last one that would have ended the game essentially. Uh Um, Beyond that, the Packers played really who I thought was the best team in the NFC and should have won. Yeah. And I, I thought Arizona was a lot scarier than Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about our defense. This is the first season in a long time. This is the healthiest they've been in a long time, season long, and in this game in particular. I mean, we lost Barrington at the beginning, but other than that, um, for this game we had almost everybody in once – we had that secondary, and those rookies were more seasoned by the end of the year. And our front, our defensive front linebackers just played tremendous. Um, I thought our defense just played great, like lights out. But things didn't go our way. So at halftime, we were only down by a point. Um, and, I mean, that's, I can't get away from it. We were down by one point because our, our kicker kicks the ball 19 yards. Our punter. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the only time they scored. Um, so we start the third quarter with a six play, 81 yard drive and the Janus touchdown, the first Janus touchdown to take the lead 13 to seven. And at that point I was like, all right, now we're throwing the ball around a little bit. Um, yeah. Oh, and then also in this, before that though, um, Rogers threw a pick, a bad pick, which you don't normally see from him. Was that one tipped? No, it was pretty much just a bad pick. It was I a bad can't throw. And, and uh, I think it was Peterson just stepped in front of it. and But then Palmer, like two or three plays later, threw a pick to Shields. Or no, to Randall. So, like, we, it kind of evened out. So it kind of went back back forth. Then after that, interception went six plays, 81 yards, including that 61-yard by Eddie Lacy, where he was just looking for someone to tackle him. <laughs> it looked like he was running through water. It did. He, he just like looking around. It was the longest run of his career, and looked like it. And he was yeah. just like, "Why isn't someone tackling? Where are they? Oh, you, come on, buddy, come on!" Did you see he the, wasn't even looking at the at the goal line. He was just looking around for. Did you see the post I put up where somebody described that run and then put all of the tweets that he's put up over the last couple of years about food? Yeah, I, I read that. I'm glad you posted that. So, but, how so funny, funny is that? Over the last, like, four years, he must have had 20 or 30 tweets that are just about food. Getting some China food. <laughs> some food. China food. He likes yeah. China food. It's his favorite kind of food. So funny. <laughs> and it's all these tweets of just him, like, about going to get food or hungry. is. Uh-huh. And, you yeah. know, McCarthy in his, in his season-ender press conference flipped, flopped, you know, all during the season. He avoided saying Lacey was fat, and then he just called him fat. In the, yeah. at, the end, at the end of the year he's like yeah. he had a bad off season and it affected him all year long he was overweight and he knows he, he has to weigh less like yeah I think that's the mark of a good coach though yeah I mean you gotta call it out you know what I mean um uh 
you protect your guys during the season, I guess. But he had a lot to say in that press conference, if I remember. Fired yeah. two coaches already. Um, who did they fire? They weren't, they weren't guys. Uh, running backs. Running backs coaches. Yeah. Running backs coach, probably for not being on the phone telling over the summer telling Eddie Lacy again the exercise bike. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, put, down the, put down the China food and get on a bike. <laughs> China food. Um, right, so then things are looking pretty good. We're up 13-7, and then they have another long drive but only kick a field goal, so we're up 13-10. And then in the fourth quarter, well, Palmer, they're driving. Palmer throws a horrible interception in the end zone to Shields. And that was, I'm like, there is Carson Palmer. I knew he was around here somewhere. And because he did not look good. Like, he looked like a guy who was 0-2 in the playoffs. He looked terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw two picks. He could have easily thrown four and probably five. But it doesn't matter because they got the ridiculous – I mean, that ridiculous touchdown catch that put them ahead, 17-13, that got tipped around, was on the tail end of a 14-play 80-yard drive. So another long drive. So um, I think that was the drive with the two third-down conversions that Joe Thomas gave up to. It might have been. I haven't gone back and looked at it. So, Not that he lost the game single-handedly, but, you know, you got a guy who was practice squad – cut, picked up from another practice squad, and you're relying on him in the divisional championship game. It's like... Yeah, I wonder where um, um, Ryan was. Well, I read a little bit about it today, and I think it was a purposeful game plan because Jake Ryan got torched against the Cardinals last time so badly. Uh, Joe Thomas is faster than he is, but okay. you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still not. I'm still not going to complain about the defense because they really did their job. No, I mean you they can't. Did. I mean you, you held them in. You held them to twenty, in, in regulation, and they've been averaging over thirty. Held them to twenty at home in regulation, and one of those was a triple tipped pass that could have been intercepted. So, uh, so then they kick, they go down, kick a field goal, um, and then we kind of talked about the rest. So. Rogers on that first pass th- threw it a mile to Janice, who made a who it was right on the money. He didn't even really have to fight anyone for it. And then uh, I was just kind of in awe of the another hail mary, like that was the ultimate. Did that just happen? Sort of moment. Um, yeah, that was incredible. So that they'll forever be known as like the two hail mary game, I suppose. And if they would have scored the two-point conversion, could you imagine that would be like the greatest ending of a football game ever? Because it would have been with no two-point conversion with no time left. Walk off. Hail Mary, Hail Mary, two-point conversion win. Thank you, goodbye. And that's (laughs) what it felt like was going to happen if they would have gone for two to me because we had all the momentum at that point. Mm -hmm. Their defense had to have been just completely shell-shocked. Yeah, and they've been. That was the opportunity to do it. They're they're running down the field, and like if you have the play right there, like I said, get Rodgers moving somewhere, and let him just dive for it. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like you get him on the edge, and they're kind of reeling. Their defense is reeling already, and you run a little pick play out there. If if Richard Rodgers is open, throw him the ball. Otherwise, you know, Aaron can just run for the pylon. I don't know. 
I'm not a football coach, but I think you got to go for it. Um, coin toss. Who cares? Everyone talks about it. About yeah, the, couldn't care less. Yeah, couldn't care less about that. Talked about the two-point conversion. Talked about all the people who were missing on offense. Uh, Eddie Lacy is fat, and he tweets about it. Yeah, got that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburger Lacy. So, uh, did you realize that Aaron Rodgers is 0-7 in overtime games? Is he really? And I, the reason I know this is I saw a stu- an article that's titled, why has Aaron Rodgers been so awful in playoff overtimes? And I'm thinking to myself, he's never touched the ball in a playoff overtime game, except except for the one, I guess, where he in fumbled Arizona. Where he scored a touchdown. Yeah, where they face-masked him. And, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't realize 0-7. Well, I was looking yeah. up on Wikipedia. In all overtime games. On Wikipedia, they have NFL quarterbacks' playoff records. And so he's 7-6 and six now in the playoffs. 13 playoff starts. I think the all-time leader is Brady with 24 in starts. And Rodgers' winning percentage is like 54%, which puts him um, among people that have that many appearances. It puts him right around like three or four other guys, including Favre. Favre had more playoff starts, but they both, he, he was around a little over 50% winning percentage between the Vikings and the Packers. Um, and with the Packers, Favre was 12 and 11, and Rodgers is 7 and 6 now. So it's I gained of... a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers after that game because he was throwing to virtual nobodies, mm-hmm. and it, it just became very apparent to me anyway, at least this is my opinion, that he's holding back so much during the regular season, especially when he's playing these games and making his decisions and being very calculative about when he does and doesn't throw the ball. But when it ultimately comes down to it and he's forced and he said, well, I got to do this like Favre would do every single play. Um, (laughs) He's just on the nuts. Uh Just, I, I just, I never thought that Aaron Rodgers was better than Favre. Favre, I think is still more fun to watch if you compare the two. Not that we need to get into that, but just like sheer ability and uh, and just knowledge of the game and the situation, Rodgers just took himself up 40 more stories with that game, even though he lost. I just thought he was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, his line wasn't that impressive. 24 for 44. Threw the ball 44 times. Um, two, 261 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. Sacked once. His QBR was only 51.5, which is a smidge above, um, I guess, replacement level. But that kind of surprises me because they calculate that by... They take the team's expected win percentage before a play and after a play. And if it, you know, if your chances of winning increase um, in that play, you get points. And so with just with those two passes at the end of the game, I think our expected win percentage must have gone from like below 1% to 70% or at least 50% in just two plays. So, But Carson Palmer was had 350 yards passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions. So I, I thought Rodgers clearly looked like the better play, the better quarterback, but Palmer's numbers would suggest that he had a better day. Yeah, well, to me, when it came down to do-or-die time is what made the difference. I mean, the stats are what they are, but when it's do-or-die and you have to do that or you're going home, and he did it twice in a row on that last drive. Mm-hmm. There's no way Carson Palmer does that. He got lucky that Larry Fitzgerald was wide open 
and I mean, he ran 70 yards by himself practically and broke like five tackles, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, no real comparison. I, I just, I thought it was a really, really amazing game from Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, yeah, I still have it saved. I might sit and watch it if I'm feeling, I don't think I will. I I've been, I've been too. into some pretty glum entertainment lately. So maybe that'll, <laughs> I've been playing, if, if, I don't know if anyone plays video games. I got PS4 for my wife for Christmas, and I got Last of Us, which is the game of the year, game of all time, when all these awards and everything. And it's a sort of a zombie horror shooter thing, but it is an extremely moving story. It's like a movie. It's like a six, seven hour movie that you're playing. Super depressing, though. <laughs> 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 you know. So I'm playing like I want to play this game, but like I don't know if I have the emotional energy right now to expend on playing this video game. Like we've come a long way since Super Mario Brothers. One last yeah. one last point on our defense: we only allowed 40 yards rushing. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and it Lacey at 89. Most of it was at 61 yarder. Starks only had 23, uh, and Rodgers had a couple of runs. Really, only one. That was 19 yards. I remember that in the first in the first quarter. Um, and then, yeah, only six different players were targeted for pa- passes on the, on the Packers. Anyway, who wants to hear what uh, Jim has to say? I do. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's been a while, Jim. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to cold read this. Ready? Yeah. Uh, subject line, those guys. Just when you think they're out, they pull you right back in. I stayed <laughs> up till 4.30 a.m. to watch the game. God, I bet you that was an empty feeling at 4.31. Oh. <laughs> and it was a game none of us were expecting anything from. But what a game. What a team. I didn't grow up with the game, and I've only become an avid fan for a short time. But the beauty of this game you call football is there is always lots of tape and no shortage of people making their opinions known. But no one can tell me if there is or ever has been a QB that can do what Rodgers did on Saturday night. Without his three starting receivers, and with an Eddie Lacy full of lunch, he produces a game (laughs) that far surpassed any wildest expectation. Against a team that many people tipped for the big one and sacked him eight times last time he played, this is what I want to see when I'm when I've watched us this season. I can handle a loss, albeit that two play Fitzgerald show was a bit of a sickener. Yeah. God, he gets so excited. I ran upstairs and got Trace and brought her down and then it was like two plays later the game was over. It's like, oh you can go back to bed, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um but all those games throwing twenty seven times to Adams and him catching three of them for twenty four yards, trying to force Cobb into games from the backfield, why not just go out swinging? With good protection and Lacey given a good chance, we could have put up so many better shows than we have all season. But who cares? I saw the greatest ever play like we might never see again. I watched the um, Redskins game again the day after, and it was more of the same. Gutsy play, giving receivers a chance to make plays in the ball, and the defense with a C, bringing real rush and decent coverage. Ha ha, Clinton Dix is my new favorite player with a U. That guy was everywhere in both games. Good season of podcasts all the same. Until next year. Sent for my iPhone. That's a long email from an iPhone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Appreciate yeah, it. I think, and I tried to, me- I sort of mentioned it at the beginning of the season, but yeah, I can't, 
it's a gut punch way to go out, but you can't be mad at this team. You got to be excited about um, overall direction. There are good young players on this team. The defense was stout all season. The offense just couldn't get together, and most of that was the receivers. Well, the offensive players were either fat or not studying or injured. And, you know, and we still competed. They competed. Um, so, you know, if you were, like, I have here uh, on my notes, revisit preseason predictions. So, you guys want to know what we predicted in the first podcast? Yes. Um, okay. Mark predicted 14-2 and two and a Super Bowl win. Um, so, not even close. Um, <laughs> I thought I said 12-4, and four, but that's okay. Uh, oh, yeah, wait. You said 14-2, and two, and then I haven't... I crossed it out with an error that goes 12-4 and four plus a Super Bowl win. So you have your notebook still? Yeah, I'm, I'm using my notebook. Nice. You told me to make note, make an outline for this one, remember? I asked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ty had 17-14 and 14 with a Super Bowl win. <laughs> Didn't quite uh, pass. I had... That's never been good with numbers. Wow, I had eleven and five with a loss in the division, divisional playoffs, and we were ten and six with a loss in the divisional playoffs. So I'll take that. Hmm. I guess I guess I know what the hell I'm talking about sometimes. Yeah. But see, if I would have known the way our defense played this year, I would have anticipated uh, a better finish in the playoffs. I but think I, I never would have keep... foreseen how poorly the offense played. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, but I think that Dom Capers' defense needs a stud safety, and Haha was good last year, but I think he finally came into his own, and he's Pro Bowl material. Yeah, and I think maybe even two, and Burnett is nothing to scoff at either. No, no, he's a solid guy. Um, he's not what they hoped he would be, but he's still very good. Yeah, and, and on the cornerbacks, when they're all healthy, we – we are doing okay back there. Um, let's see what else. The pr- prediction. Mark also predicted a win against Seattle in week two, which he got correct, and a win against the Broncos in week eight, which was Didn't one of the get that worst one right. games I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, um, all right, so that was there. That's the email. If you, if you want to email us, who knows? We might do an off-season one of these or a draft one or something, but we'll certainly um, be there in the preseason. Um, but you can reach out to us at hellbypackers at gmail.com or the website is hellbypackers.com. iTunes, just search under podcasts for Packers, and we're one of the top couple. Um, and then you can subscribe right there. And, you know, you can go back. It's really kind of amazing how many people go back and listen to, like, old seasons and stuff. I guess we're just, we're that funny. It's because um, of our witty banter. It is. It must be the witty banter. Um, and then there's the Facebook where Ty puts up a bunch of fun and interesting articles related to Packers and Packer fun. Um, and there are a lot. So, well, here's something we can do. First of all, St. Louis just lost their team after 20, 21 years. It wasn't really their team. It was LA's team to begin with. And it's moving back to LA. And 
Um, it's just an ever-present reminder that NFL or pro sports team owners do not care about you. And at all. At all. And are only interested in making money. And if they have to, you know, if, if they have to tear the heart out of a city to do it, to get a few more eyeballs or higher seat licenses or a bigger, a better stadium deal, then they have no qualms about doing that. Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, is from St. Louis and is a member, well, as of a few days ago, a member of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he doesn't care. He also owns the Denver Nuggets and one of uh, the big, like Manchester United or one of the teams over there, yeah, one of the biggest soccer teams in the world. And he is—he made all his money on malls back in the '80s. Worst hair piece imaginable. Slime bucket businessman. Bottom line only. And I hate St. Louis. I'm kind of happy because a lot of those fans that are upset about the Rams leaving, leaving are St. Louis Cardinal fans, and so they suck. They, yeah. So it doesn't really bother me that much. But it's just a reminder that your team—I mean, the Bucks just held Wisconsin hostage for a quarter billion dollars of free money. Right. Yeah, when their owners are already billionaires, so right. it, it's at some point as fans you have to stand up and just say, "Enough is enough." Like, no, we're not paying for your new stadium. You know, we're not going to vote for people that slam through you know stadium proposal bills that are unfair to the community, um, and just you know deal with it because. It's it's get prices every, you know they move and then prices go up anyway in the new place they say now Packer season ticket prices are going or regular ticket prices all ticket prices at Lambo are going to go up because by moving to L A the league average ticket prices and concession prices are going to go up so mm-hmm. everybody's everywhere you know the the water in the harbor rises so everything gets more expensive so it's already ridiculously expensive I can't imagine going to like an NBA game I used to go to NBA games occasionally. That's just ridiculous. For like one game out of eighty-two, you go and you drop five hundred bucks or whatever. If you're going with a few people, like you take your family yeah. or whatever. Would be. I looked at going to a Bucks game with Isaiah because we we're going to be in Milwaukee like last year, or the year before. I couldn't believe how expensive it was to go to a game. Yeah. For crappy seats, it was like it was like sixty bucks for crappy seats. Mm-hmm. Baseball still has some places where you can go and get cheap seats. Oh, yeah, um, Miller Park has. You can get you can get really cheap seats. Yeah, you know, but the concessions are for ten bucks. Yeah, concessions are still going to kill you, and you got to worry about you know, yeah. parking and all that. So, but anyway, NFL or pro sports team owners do not care about you. And whenever the team wins the Super Bowl at the end of the year or next week, when they ho- hoist up the NFL and a- AF- NFC and AFC championship trophies, and they have the owner up there holding it up, it makes me gag every time I see it. It's like that's not for you. You didn't earn that. That's not. Hey. It's not about you right now. Get let the players and the coaches carry it around the field and let the fans see it. And whatever. It's just another reason I love the Packers because we don't have as much as much to with that. of that yeah. bullshit. Um, so yeah, that's. The I don't hope. think people become billionaires by having a conscience. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. I think. I think you can, you can give away many millions before you reach the billionaire level. <laughs> to something worthwhile, and if you accrue over a billion bucks, mm-hmm. there's probably some compromised morals along there. 
Yeah, and there are there chances are, are anyway. I'm not saying every single one, but yeah, there are some. Exceptions. I mean, there's some good guys out there, like you know, like Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> who just wants to do his community service. He just yeah, he wants to help America give, be great and give back to white America. He got endorsed by Sarah Palin. Can you imagine what a dream team? Uh, <laughs> and then Sarah Palin, the day before he she or day after she endorsed him, her. His, her son. Her son was um, charged with domestic abuse and yeah, beating up his girlfriend. Yeah, beating up his girlfriend and unlawful use of a firearm. Yeah, and, an, and he had an AR-15 or whatever, and hit her in the face. And yeah, bad news. And she got up on, and she got up and said, "I want to address the elephant in the room," and then blamed it on Obama. Yeah. <laughs> so those two are like really in touch with reality. Uh, Donald Trump says he, he's going to move. He's going to make. Apple make all their products in the United States. Good luck. Just as president, he's just going to say they have to do that, despite the fact that we have no infrastructure for creating a billion yeah. iPhones, and that if we did, it would be, you know, prohibitively expensive to do so. Um, so the iPhone's going to cost four thousand dollars now. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, what can we possibly do to? Apple's an independent, and he's supposed to be like the free trade businessman, capitalist guy. And he's trying to limit free trade. Anyway, that's politics. So, screw that. Here's what we can talk about. Bart says, shut up. Yeah, Bart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a big Bernie Sanders guy, Bart. <laughs> shut up, you little socialist. All right. All right. So, um, offensive and defensive team MVPs. Let's discuss this. Here are my nominations for offensive MVP. Pickings were thin. Shh, dog. You're yelling at your at the other dog I own. He's yelling at his brother, and then who's downstairs? And then the brother yells back, and then he yells back. <laughs> but don't you think they'd recognize they they spent their entire lives within ten feet of each other? You think they'd recognize they're, each other's bark? They're, they're talking. They're yeah. like, hey. Hey, I found him. He's up here. Here, I'm going to let you go and save us from... <laughs> Is he looking? Is he looking? Yeah, let him out of the now? room. Let now? him go save the day. Anyway, okay, offensive, defensive MVPs. Here's kind of my short list for offensive MVPs. Aaron Rodgers, obvious for, I guess, obvious reasons. Um, not his best season. Probably his worst season as a pro. Um didn't even get to 4,000 yards passing, only had 31 touchdowns. Uh, completion percentage is 60, 61%. Um, eight interceptions for pass rating of 92.7, which is probably his worst, but this is, I'll show you what else we're dealing with. Uh, James Jones, I think he kind of gets my vote. Uh, 50 receptions. For 890 yards and eight touchdowns to tie for the club lead in receiving touchdowns. And then... With Richard Rodgers? Right. And then Richard Rodgers had 58 receptions, more receptions, fewer targets, but only 510 yards and then eight touchdowns. So out of those three or anybody else, who would you guys put forward for offensive team MVP? I would put forward uh, sitting in Bakhtiari as honorable mentions at least. 
if only by seeing what their absence did. Right. Right. Uh, I think it's unquestionably Aaron Rodgers because even though he, he had a down year by his own standards, if you put Scott Tolzien in there, I don't think we win 10 games. And he had, yeah, Tolzien had three attempts for negative three yards. Yeah, I, I find that unfair that him fumble. downing the ball it gives him negative rushing yards. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I like Tolzien, actually. I think we'll have a hard time retaining him as a Packer next year, but so we have Hundley. Yeah, but I, I think it's an easy decision to go with Rodgers no matter what. But Because mm-hmm. um, James Jones, you know, he, I think he's been hurt after the first few games of the year. And during this game, too, when uh, that pickoff, the pick six that was called back, did you see him, like, try to chase – was his name Peterson? Mm-hmm. Did you see him try to chase him down and then grab his hammy? Oh, well – that might have been for sure. Patrick Peterson might be the fastest guy in the league. So, he, yeah. But either way, I, I mean, I think James Jones has been kind of gutting it out all year long, and we probably haven't heard. Yeah, I think why. a lot of guys on offense have, and that was a problem. What do you think, Ty? Uh, I'd say Rogers, just because. Well, well, Rogers. <laughs> yeah. For context, Lacey and Starks both average four point one yards per carry. Um, Not bad. Pretty bad. Um, Lacey had 750 yards. Russian Starks at 600. Like they had five combined touchdowns, so they're not really in the conversation. Um, so yeah, I think it has to probably be Rodgers. Defensively, it gets a little interesting. I would say our our leader in tackles, sadly, was a defensive back, which you, you never really like to see. But it was Haha had 100 tackles. Um, only two interceptions and a forced fumble and three sacks. So he was kind of all over the place doing a lot of different things. Um, Peppers led the team in sacks with ten and a half. Um, uh, Mike Neal led the team in tackles for a loss with eight. And then I would throw Randall and Shields, Demarius Randall and Sam Shields in there. Um, They both had double-digit passes defended and they both led the team with three interceptions apiece. Um, so I think without question, um, Demarius Randall's the rookie of the year for the team. Um, and then I think him and Shields should be in consideration for defensive player of the year. But I would have to say it's ha-ha, because I, I, um, I didn't even mention Matthews, who had six and a half sacks, seven tackles for a loss. I thought Matthews had a real nice season, especially playing out of position for him. Mm-hmm. But I, I give the nod to Haha mm-hmm. for sure. What do you think, Ty? I like Haha. He was solid. Mm-hmm. You know? Not Jerome? Well, fan favorite. Dimitri Goodson? Sean Richardson? We're just naming people now. Mm-hmm. J.C. Treader had a tackle this year. Someone named Bruce Gaston had a tackle. Um... Yeah, that's kind of the way I go to. I'd say Clinton Dix or Matthews just for the body of work and the fact that he's willing to play out of position and do stuff like that. Um, and then you never really know, like, Neil and Daniels and Pinnell and stuff like that. They have a thankless job. And Raji, they don't necessarily get the stats piled up, but they're occupying people and changing the way an offense runs. runs so 
you never know. But I think haha, I just he just jumped off the screen from the beginning of the year. It was like wow, this is like a different player. He's he looks so much better. So yeah, he looks fast. He's punishing. He looks smarter, mm-hmm. less reckless. Um, didn't look perfect, but he looked really impressive to me. Uh, he's I don't think he missed any time this year, and yeah, you know we've sense. been without Matthews and we've been without some of the other players. Yeah, um, I thought Peppers had a really nice year. Thought Raji did too. Detroit Guyon was really strong towards the end of the season. The whole defense really came on at the end mm-hmm. in impressive fashion. They played as a um, team. They really strung it together. They played as a, they play as a strong unit. They played for each other. All right, ha 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 ha! It is. I'll send out those awards then. Yeah, yeah. Um, cheese curds. Uh, the golden cheese curds. No, the, those go to those. Those go to Eddie. The golden, <laughs> the golden tots. Now, if we send them to Eddie, he'd try to eat them. <laughs> um, let's see. Reflect on preseason picks. Did that. Ty, what'd you eat at the game? This week? Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Miller Lite. Hmm. I can't remember what I I ate before the game. I can't remember what it was. So you ate nothing. Not during the game. Hmm. Some French fries, I think. But I had some red wine. I think I had, I had some Miller Lights. I think I had some Arby's during the day. What'd you eat, Mark? God, I have, I'm trying to think of it right now. I can't. <laughs> I can't I'm remember. Like, I'm like, what's this the matter is, with you, Ty? You can't remember. This is how it all starts. But I uh, yeah, I have no idea what I ate. See now, we are. But we ask down. you every week, Ty. This is kind of your thing. You should, I know. You should be prepared. I, I was thinking here. though, after last week, if we were down at halftime, I, I should go for a drive in the mountains. But we were only down <laughs> by one. I thought we were playing pretty well, so I didn't. Yeah. I gave you a pass on and that. And I was one. A, and I was a bottle of red wine in, so that probably would that would have been, been bad. A pretty bad idea. <laughs> no, you don't understand, officer. Here, here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> let me walk you through this. Here, listen to this podcast. This I'll is wait. a Wisconsin ID, okay? So let me start there. Yeah, I haven't had a Wisconsin ID in a while. Um, I know. All right, moving on. So that's our season. There's only three NFL games left. Um, uh, college football is done. Um, the Bucks were supposed to be decent this year, and they stink. It's three months until baseball starts up again. So what do you guys plan on doing with your time now that the Packers season is over? Maybe we can give some recommendations to the people out, out there. I feel like Mark's going to travel. He's a – well – he pretty much is. He's a wanderer. Yeah. He's, I have a toddler. He walks the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually easier when you have a super young kid, like one, just one super young kid to travel than it is when they get to be a little bit older. Because then, they, like, then they start, yeah. Yeah, they like two want stuff. That's like saying it's easier to run with one leg instead of none. Um. get it but it's I like saw, you're I saying saw something that's very difficult to do is easy because something else is harder um, that's getting deep yeah i don't it reminds uh-huh. me of a meme i saw today though that was there's a guy who climbed mount everest with he has no legs yeah and he thinks says he climbed everest with no legs what's your what's your excuse my legs <laughs> my legs hurt <laughs> Oh, um, 
Well, we got baseball in three months. I'm already prepping for my fantasy baseball draft. I'm in the dynasty league that goes every year. and I'm going to Hawaii. There you go. That's pretty nice. I wish you, now I wish I could wander around like that. That's nice. And they, yeah, and me they, too. And it looks like, it looks like, and you, they, they have, every year they have a waiting period for this contest called the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Contest in Waimea Bay in the North Shore. And the waves have to be 40 feet or bigger, I believe. Yeah, I've seen them. They're huge. It's scary. For, the, for them to do it. And they haven't held it since 2009. Because the waves weren't big enough? Yeah, they haven't had it. You know, they have a waiting period. If the waves don't hit that big, they just wait till the next year. And the waiting period is right now. And it looks like there's a swell coming in that while I'm out there, they're going to hold it. Wow. So it'll be a pretty cool. I, we've been out there. Mark, were you up there with us when they had like those 30-footers up there? Yep. Yeah, and it'll be bigger than that. So that's exciting. That's a pretty good off-season move right there. That's strong. Yeah, and the Pro Bowl will be going on, but I'm not going to go to that. Oh no. Yeah, well, we should mention Rogers is in quotes, air quotes, injured and won't play in the yeah. Pro Bowl. For some of our uh, listeners who are in England or Brazil or other places, don't worry about it. <laughs> Everybody of a certain stature says they're injured, so they don't have to go play in the Pro Bowl. No one yeah. wants to go do it, especially after you just lost a playoff game. So he's not really was... injured. It's kind of like in the other kind of football, where when someone slides at the ball and kicks it away, and you have to lie there until the guys come out with a stretcher. Yeah. And but then, yeah. but then you run back on the field. Yeah, it's, yeah. So don't worry about him being. Well, I was. That was the only reason I was excited about the Pro Bowl being in Hawaii while I was there is because I was like, oh, maybe I can uh, sit it outside Aaron Rodgers' hotel and wait for Olivia Munn. <laughs> Get the and scoop. then steal, I'd steal her away from him. You and TMZ. Uh, yeah. No, I would steal her away. I'd be like, look at me. Come on. Yeah, look at him and look at me. What, what do I have? Is there really doesn't... a choice to be made here? I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, when we were there for my honeymoon, we stayed at um... – I don't even know what they call it now, but it was the Mandarin Oriental back then. I got a buddy who works there. And uh, they have a hallway that's like, it's a super long hallway, and it's from floor to ceiling. It's pictures of, of famous people that have stayed there. And it's every yeah. famous person you can think of. Yeah. Um, so that's probably where they stay. Anyway, um, I'll probably be going skiing. We still have ski lessons. I actually, this past uh, weekend, went skiing uh Past, past weekend, I guess, went skiing, and actually uh, the older one's good enough now that we can ski with her down the hill. She loves it. She doesn't even look down the hill. She just looks at us, and then she'll say stuff like, look how fast I can go with my eyes closed. Like, no <laughs> sense of fear. I yeah. feel like that's the last thing Sonny Bono said. Ooh, that's tough. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, just just ba- saying, might want to keep those eyes open. Baseball in three months. <laughs> I'm get the PS4. I'm getting into video games. I got the Uncharted series. Have you ever played that video game? Mm-mm. It's like Indiana Jones. I only have the PS3. Well, it, all the games came out on PS3. They just they remastered them and released them as a group. Yeah. And for the PS4, and then you get um, a, then the fourth one's coming out. Yeah. PS4 well, it is. I mean, exclusive in April. So, but it's like Indiana Jones. Lots of puzzles and stuff. Shooting more shooting than I'd like. But like they're they're really fun games, and you get into them. Then the, well, now that it's now that it's coming into football off season, that means that for me, PlayStation season starts up. Yeah. Once I get back from Hawaii, I don't. I'm not going to go do. I'm not going to go outside. It's cold. Uh-huh. 
Well, you got to play all the Uncharted games. You can buy them as a group. You got to play Last of Us, even though you'll probably be fighting back tears and stuff. Um, it's super emotional. That's yeah, okay. I, we... I cried during a podcast from Kevin Smith the other day, so that's all right. I'm downloading the latest Batman video game right now. We'll see how that is. Um, TV. Here's some TV recommendations. You guys chip in. Have you seen Jessica Jones? Yes, good. Very good. hearing about it. Watched it all. Have you seen... I watched... Uh, I watched the Angie Tribeca 25-hour marathon on TBS the other day. Mm, it, it's a half do. hour. Like, it's... You know the Naked Gun movies? Yeah. It's like that. Except it's it's uh, Anne... What's her name from Parks and Rec? Uh, oh, yeah. Rashida, Rashida Jones? Jones. Yeah. Ooh, say and, no more. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> there's 10, like, 20-minute episodes, and they're playing them all without commercials. They played them all back-to-back. <laughs> I just went and watched all 10 of them. Um, I can't it, believe that Rashida Jones is not a super-duper mega triple star. Yeah. she. We, well, then you look at her. First of all, her dad's Quincy Jones, so she's wicked rich to begin with. Um. Second, I Mark, think she smokes a Jones lot is. of pot. Um, uh, and third, you look at what she's actually done. She actually has a very impressive body of work. She's done a ton of things. They're just all with, and I saw an interview where she said this too. She likes working with her friends. They're just things that she likes to do with her friends. So that's she's what kind you can of, do when you have wicked amounts of money. Yeah, you can make choices that are interesting to you. And, you know, so her and Aubrey Plaza. I think Aubrey Plaza is absolutely hilarious. Oh, she was great. Yeah, she was great in that show. So check out Angie Tribeca on TBS. Um, if you I actually like have a recommendation. Spoof. Oh, yeah? I, 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 I alluded to it earlier on, and I watched all of the available episodes literally yesterday. Uh, the Grinder is legit. The grinder. I've, heard things, I've heard things about it. Well, you it's, were talking about that before. Yeah. Yes, but I, I had only seen one episode and thought it had some real potential, and it's great. He he's gonna be Rob Lowe's gonna be in another show at the same time. Um, I don't understand how this is possible because one's on Fox and the other's on NBC. Yeah, isn't that so weird? funny. It's super weird. Yeah. Kind of a good agent. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's about the end of the world. It looks like it's pretty, it looks like it's gonna be another comedy, which might be pretty funny. Well, the I would highly recommend the Grinder, and I don't have a lot to recommend. So if if you're into super depressing stuff, another super depressing thing I've been watching right or watched recently, Making a Murderer, which yeah, has kind of geez. taken the world by storm. But one of the defense attorneys in it, it was an associate professor at the law school I went to and um, taught. He filled in for one or two of my evidence classes. Um, hmm. And actually, around the time that this was going on, around the time he filled in. So, like, that sort of world-weary... Um, uh, attitude that he has that he kind of develops as the thing goes on is he stopped the, like it's an hour and a half class he stopped it like with half an hour to go and spent half an hour railing on just the criminal defense system in general and how unfair it is to, to defend yeah. in the United States um, yeah. but he's an incredibly capable and well-spoken guy and so is his partner and um, the show itself is a little bit too long it's 10 episodes about an hour apiece but it's yeah they kept kind of rehashing some of the same yeah um, stuff a little but it's it, you get the point across that if you're accused of a crime in the United States, you don't stand a really good chance of having a good defense. And even yeah. if you do, 
you're probably still going to jail. So, and I don't, and I like, I don't know after watching that because I am in no way, shape, or form any sort of lawyer or or cop or detective or anything. But I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. But man, they did some shady shit. It yeah. seems. Yeah, I you mean, know, I would like sense. to think that if I sat through that trial, and there's, you can go on the internet and, and get like, even though it's like ten hours of stuff, there's still more facts out there. And you, oh, you, can, yeah. you can find them all on the internet. I mean, the, the trial went on for weeks and weeks. Um, but just from the stuff that we've seen, there's no way. Like, if you have to know beyond a reasonable doubt that someone did something, there's just literally no there's way, not, if I was on yeah. that jury, that you could get me convinced to to find him guilty. And and that happened. That was that was an hour away from where I live. Yeah. So it makes Wisconsin look really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but apparently there there were like four people on the jury who just before the trial even started they were going to find him guilty and they just wore everybody else down. Right. And people were finally like, "I need to get out of here," and they sent him back to jail. And the poor, the poor son of a bitch had spent eighteen years in jail for a crime he didn't commit that he was acquitted for previously. Yeah. Um, okay, so but everyone knows about that. It's been yeah. a big thing. Another Netflix thing. If you're on total other end of the spe- spectrum is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. If you haven't seen this, it's Kimmy Schmidt, like full house. Well, it's yeah, but like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's name of the show. Um, but yeah, and it's written by Tina Fey and it is, it is absolutely hilarious. It's about this woman who is kept in a bunker by, um, a cult leader for like 12 years and then gets out and decides to move to New York city. (laughs) Um, cause she thought the world had been bombed or whatever. And then <laughs> anyway, it's absolutely hilarious. My wife and I watched that like in like two straight nights a few months back and it's, it's on Netflix and it's hilarious. I will, I will, as for Netflix, I will say F is for family is it's hilarious. Who's in that? It's a, it's a cartoon. Um, Bill Burr did it and he's the voice of the dad in it. Uh-huh. Bill Burr's uh, funny. Yeah, and it's and it's it's he you know I, I listened to a podcast with him on and he was talking about how a lot of the stuff, you know, came from his, like stuff his dad would say to him when they were kids, mm-hmm. and you know he's just he's this unhappy kind of overweightish middle class dad that works at an airport with a couple kids, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it with like one kid like the angry teenager and it's it's hilarious, All right, really really funny, him. yeah. My last one is one I just binge watched um, because it won a Golden Globe and I had heard of it, but I didn't really know anything about it. And it's really interesting. It's called Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, and I really shouldn't say anything about it other than it deals with kind of disillusionment with society and revolves around some people who are really good with computers yeah, what's his name? Oh, who's in that? Um, the guy who played Amen Ra in in the in the Ben Stiller National Treasure or Ben Night Museum. Yeah, there was somebody else in it though. Um, it was just on a podcast. Christian Slater. Looking. That Michael was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah. So, but that's a kind of a lots of twists and turns, lots of ins and outs, lots of what have yous. It's kind of like a hacker thriller. Show. Yeah, but it's, it's like not like you know. Actually, at one point they make fun of like hacker movies, where right, they're, they're yeah. racing to B 
beat the virus or whatever, and like the little you know line is. So anyway, it's it's a that's a pretty fascinating show too. So, uh, anything else? Anything yeah. else we had? Any any? Okay then. Final reflections on uh, the Packers season. Mark, go. Uh, I think it underscored how unimportant the regular season is because we were poster children for futility for many weeks there, but it really didn't matter uh, with good coaching and good players. And, and the Packers really do have some star players. Um, they rose to the occasion in the postseason. I thought we got definitely more than we bargained for with uh, Demarius Randall. I think that was a great pickup. He played beyond his years and experience. Um, thumbs down to the running backs overall. Uh, I was hoping that, you know, everybody kind of thought that they were going to carry the team with the absence of Jordy Nelson, but I think other teams just made it more of a point to not let that happen. So uh, I think that kind of explains the lack of production there. I don't think Eddie Lacy is, I mean, he didn't look obese to me. I mean, he looked pretty much like Eddie Lacy. Um, I don't think he's ever going to like light up the world with his speed. So obviously Mike McCarthy knows more. He thinks he can play lighter and he should. So great. Um, hopefully James Starks is back or somebody gets picked up that can catch a pass. Uh, I thought we ran the shotgun draw way too much. God, yes. We didn't give up any huge punts, but we didn't have many good ones. Um, so I don't know if that's like an overall approach that we're sticking to or if it's just poor execution, but mm-hmm. when your offense sucks, you got to try to do something good on special teams. Maybe if all the we wide receivers were healthy, then you would have Abderis return punts, which is something he did very, very successfully in college. Yeah, uh, that's another high point for me. I predicted early on that he would be a contributor late in the season. He was. I think he belongs. I hope he's on the team next year. doesn't have any more injuries. Um, I think they'll probably end up picking up a wide receiver in the drafts. We'll see who makes the team. Um, But it's a position of strength, you'd think, uh, as bad as they were this year with Jordy coming back and some renewed confidence or – for some discovered confidence in Jeff Janice and Aberderis, I think um, they could do some do some damage next year. And hopefully, my big wish is that we get a legitimate inside linebacker so Clay Matthews can go back to the edge. I'd like to see Julius Peppers come back for one more season, have his snaps rationed so he can be fresh, and uh, I think they can make a push. I, I really think this is a Super Bowl caliber team. I know that T- Ted Thompson doesn't do it this way, but he usually best drafts best overall, um, or at least that's what they claim to do. But if you had to pick a position to use the first round draft pick on, who would it be? What position would it be? Me? Yeah. I, not knowing anything about the draft class, I would just say middle linebacker. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know anything about it yet. Either. I'll probably get into it more. Middle so. linebacker, defensive line is what I would say. Okay. Um, I would say tight end. Yeah, I. If, but again, I don't know. Like, if there's a dynamic tight end out there, it seems like all these teams have one. You know. Um, yeah, it seems like there's tons of like six foot six white tight ends in the league now. Well, there's Gronkowski. I mean, you look at the best teams. 
I guess we just played the Cardinals, who don't have one, so and lost to them. But Gronkowski and Olsen are still out there. Uh, Kelsey in Kansas City had a huge year. It, it's a and in the kind of multiple type offense that we run, you need that sort of do everything middle of the field pass catcher, big dude, you know. So I don't know if that guy's out there, if he exists or not, but that's that's what I'd like to see. And yeah, and in his season-ending press conference, McCarthy said that he wants Matthews back outside. So that was kind of a surprise to me. I thought he's been good inside, but I think he can be. I think he's more disruptive when he's not. Um, I think you know when he's playing inside, it's because we're thin. And I thought we limped into the playoffs, and we exceeded my expectations. Um, I, I thought we beat. Washington, but I thought I didn't think we'd look as good, and I thought we looked better against the Cardinals than I had hoped. And you know, after watching the first, you know, fifty minutes of that game, I thought we were going to win and should have won. But I, I think I, I'm happy with Mike McCarthy. I think we're well coached despite all of this, and uh, I like to see some consistency. And, and I think that the Packers can come back and. I think they can get it done, um, but they, they do need to preserve the superstars that they have, and I, I think B.J. Raji is an important guy to try to retain next year, too. So he's a free agent, too. Yeah. Um, all right, Ty, what are your final thoughts on the season? It's over. <laughs> You're half uh, in Hawaii already. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it, uh, that, and as my friend Carly said, uh, can't wait for next year when the bromance between Jordy and Aaron returns. A good point. Um, yeah, my thoughts are kind of along the lines of Mark's. I think we have a good core, and things are going to be. Um, I think yeah, I think we're in, we're well coached and we're in a good position. The toughest part is just not letting all these playoff defeats get to us. You know what I mean? Or pile on and kind of have a mental effect. And I thought they did a good job this postseason of not letting that happen because it was a pretty devastating way to end the season last year but they still came out and executed in both playoff games and um, so that means the coaching staff's doing the right things um, and it'll be nice to see what happens once we get all our receivers back and if I had to draft somebody I'd try to, I'd try to get a dynamic tight end but I mean we're drafting at the end of the first round again so I think you just draft the best possible, you know, if there's someone out there. I mean, it's a good draft class this year. I think we can kind of early on say that we had a good draft class because we had we had Rollins, Montgomery, um, Randall. Randall. Um, right there. I mean, if you come out of a draft just with that. And, Jake, and we had Jake Ryan, too. Jake Ryan, yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a good draft. And we're no longer like the youngest team in the league like we used to be for a long time because... You know, some guys are getting older, but um, we have some good young talent and some guys that are kind of in their prime. So I really, I hope, thought, I really hope ahead. Randall Cobb. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but he really needs to be like that Wes Welker sort of, or who's the guy they have that Tom Brady has now, the little guy, Edelman. Yeah, Edelman, like that type of guy. He needs to be that sort of sort of multi. Like that, you know, Swiss Army knife guy that just always sort of catches it for, you know, safety blanket sort of deal. Yeah, he's a guy that, honestly, I'm a little bit nervous about even making the roster next year because he's supposed to make a lot of money. Um, I hope that he's okay. That was brutal watching him cough up blood. 
Yeah. Um, so, Randall, I hope you're all right, buddy. Um, but all around good guy. The guy's I hope undoubtedly he tasty. Yeah, I, yeah, I do too. I just hope he's not one of these cap casualties because they have a perceived depth at receiver. Um, I don't know how much guaranteed money he has left over, but you know, his new deal makes him more attractive to get rid of. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I, I just don't think they can because you look at him. Maybe not yet. Maybe not in the first couple of years. It wouldn't make yeah. sense. But You look at him and Nelson, and theoretically you have the big downfield threat and the little guy underneath, which is kind of the combo you need to have. And, you know, one of them wasn't there this year, and so maybe that you know, negatively affects his performance. So um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a gut punch to lose and a hell of an exciting game, but – kind of made me want to vomit to watch it. Uh, but all in all, winning a playoff game, looking good on defense like we did, getting some stuff done despite all the injuries, like, I feel okay. And now, who do you guys want to win the Super Bowl? Don't even care. Yeah, I don't care either. As far as I'm concerned, it's not even happening. So I don't care. I just, what I don't want to see is, like, Peyton Manning... Just go out and just lay an egg. I, I just, again, I, think I know it's going to happen. That'll happen I on just, Sunday. Yeah, I know. It's guaranteed. But it's I just, guaranteed to happen on Sunday. It's going to be bad. And I, I don't want to see that for the guy. It's just awkward to see that kind of stuff. And I don't, I, I'm sick of the Patriots. I respect them, but I'm just sick of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sick of them 10 years ago, and they're still awesome. But, yeah, that's the only thing that I care about. When, they, when the Packers lost this game i thought well i have three weeks back now to do something with (laughs) that i wouldn't have had (laughs) otherwise do something productive with your life son yeah but just my final thought on the whole thing was really the packers had no business even being competitive in this game against arizona if you put it on paper Uh, i thought it was a really amazing feat of coaching and just willing themselves into position uh, I think Carson Palmer ultimately came back down to earth um, also. So I think there's a little bit of that, but it could have very easily been 24, nothing with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And we, we just, you know, took the next flight home. So I was really proud of the way the Packers showed up, um, which does make it all the more heartbreaking, but great job. Really. All right. Okay. Well, that wraps up cool. the, you have something Ty? No, I said cool. All right, so right on. as always, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Please reach out, uh, subscribe, uh, follow, do all those neat internet-y things. Tell and, your friends. Uh, uh, subscribe on um, iTunes because we don't know when we'll do it. We'll probably do an off-season one or a preseason one or something, and we don't have a date on that yet. So if you subscribe, it'll just pop up in your thing there, and there you go. So um, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. As always, love talking to you guys and go pack go. Go pack go. go, pack, go. go.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.